0: you're here you're okay you're alive i am i'm jabbed
1: i'm fully jabbed la- yes you were off to get your vaccine when we last yes. saw you how did it go how does it feel it, it honestly can i tell
0: you a real pleasure an actual pleasure um we went down to the la coliseum got it in the uh in, in the the parking garage it was quick it was easy it was joyful i got a selfie uh, you know, I I covered up my info and I posted it on Instagram. I did everything you're supposed to do. Um, no side effects. No nothing. Just, you know, the sore arm that you would get from a flu shot and nothing else. And, you know, and there's a microchip tracking my uh, every move. But that's fine. Sure. Who cares? Yeah. Who
1: let cares? him track it.
0: I also have a fucking iPhone. So, you know, the, the, the Skynet knows what I'm doing anyway.
1: Doesn't Absolutely. matter. Doesn't I'm matter. so glad you got
0: back. So... Uh, yeah, second one will be late April, two weeks after that. It's, I'm fully, it, 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 my life is going to look like uh, the scenes with Timothy Chalamet and the Italian kids in Call Me By Your Name. Just like mm-hmm. draped across each other. You know what I mean? Yes. At, brushing each other's hair. It's going to be, it, I'm going to be very huggy. I'm going to be very languid in this new
1: world. And I you can't know, wait. I was messaging with my friend joe rock who you met at uh provincetown last summer yeah and he and i said and he is lives in rhode island and they've been vaccinated for a while and i was like are you coming and he said and he said i we might go but we're going we're not going to tea dances we're not doing any of that stuff we are being careful i'm like when you're fully vaccinated and by then Aren't we assuming that everyone is? I, I only bring it up because I'm like, I, I, is that going to be the new sensibility when we when we gather in large groups? People are still going to be extremely cautious in like late summer. I don't think so. I hope not. I don't, I don't know. Think so either, because I want us draping all over each other, like you're saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's no clear guidance on it yet, but I hope it will or or there is. And I don't want to hear it. I'm not exactly sure which it is.
1: Right. I know. I'm worried that Joe is just speaking the truth, and I just don't want to hear that. Yeah, I understand. I understand.
0: Uh, but listen, we're we're getting there. We're pushing through. Um, it's. I, I am emotionally wrung out. I am physically wrung out. I am ready for this motherfucker to end.
1: Same. 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 And, and, and will. In the meantime, we have uh, another great episode. Yes, we do. to uh, to, to get you through it. And we have some really good ones coming up.
0: Yes, we do. T.S. Madison, if you the please. The one and only.
1: Uh, we have uh, God. We have uh, Norman Corpy of the Real World uh, Homecoming. Oh my God! I was texting you because I'm just catching up, and wow, it is a doozy. Okay,
0: so what what is the last thing that happened that you saw?
1: I've only seen the first. So I've I've only seen the first two, but okay. it, I'm we're just now starting to scratch the surface of what Becky is really up to and what she's about. Yeah, it's and, not pretty, uh, is it? Oh, boy. It's oh, not, great. Boy. Oh boy, it's not oh great. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy.
0: It's not great. And I'm here to tell you, it gets it gets worse.
1: I can't imagine... So, the, the, this isn't a spoiler, because this is old news now, but she... she she was channeling John Lennon? That's correct. Apparently, even during when they were shooting the original show in 1992, yes. she was receiving messages from John Lennon. She delivers this news as if she's just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was seeing this guy the whole time we were we were uh, shooting the show. Right. John Lennon's John Lennon. ghost.
0: The ghost of John Lennon. Came to her in an NYU dormitory, stayed with her for a few years, also in the loft, and they co-wrote songs together. Now, I don't know if you've heard any, but it's not... It's not John Lennon's best work.
1: It's not "Imagine." No. Uh, do you, I mean is this just full blown mental illness? We're thinking. No,
0: I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think she's just. Um, she is the prime example of what I call elevated stupidity, where it's like so mm. well educated that she comes all the way back around the world and lands it stupid. Um, she. You will hear her say some things that are that are absolutely astonishingly stupid Ooh. in the same well, breath I as hope. saying that she spent 20 years working with a Russian uh, theoretical physicist and healer and you know, that her dad was a brilliant psycho- psychologist and all this stuff. She's just, she's, she, she does not, she's does,
1: she doesn't know what time it is. Is the thing. She really doesn't. And, uh, you know, here's hoping that Norman's not listening to this specific moment. Um, D- Matt. And, you know, we won't be saying well, any of this with him. Or, or maybe we will. Mm, we, we might. We just might. If there's
0: anything you would like to know from uh, Norman Corpy, or uh, or T.S. Madison, uh, Nigel Campbell. Or us. Uh, us. Homophiliapod at gmail.com.
1: Drop us a line. Yeah, send us questions, and we'll start. We'll get back into reading some questions. Yeah. uh in these little intros, and our, our beloved Drew, uh,
0: we have a listener named Drew sent us some lovely gifts oh. for starting to work with the the World of Wonder family. Thank you so much, Drew.
1: Thank you, Drew. We love you.
0: We love you dearly. Um, so, this episode, uh,
1: I am so fascinated by Nick Axel Rod-Wilk.
0: Uh Such he, an interesting guy. He's-
1: such an interesting guy, and uh, just want to okay. Well, first of all, I should say he uh, is the co founder of Necessaire, yeah. the um, the body care brand. It's, it is the body wash to own. This whole episode sounds like it's an ad for Necessaire, but it's only because I'm ge- I, Michael and I were genuinely obsessed with it before having met Dick. Uh, so, this is a happy accident, but um. And he co-founded Into the Gloss and before that was a a beauty beauty editor and he was at Elle Magazine, and Women's Wear Daily, and also co-hosts one of my favorite podcasts, which is called Eyewitness Beauty with Annie Kriegbaum. And that's where they really go deep on all things beauty. And I will admit that I made the mistake of taking us right into that. And real hard and real fast as soon as this interview starts, uh, so you know, buckle up for some real deep nerding out over, you know, beauty products, yeah, skincare.
0: It's a deeper dive into skincare than I thought we were capable of.
1: Yeah, but it's I, honestly, this is only scratching the surface for me. But uh-huh. uh, so, if you're into that stuff, you'll enjoy it. If you're not, we're going to get into Nick's own life story, which, as you said, is truly
0: super fascinating. Yeah, he's uh, he is a great listeners. We give you Nick Axelrod Welk.
1: And we're back with Nick Axelrod Welk. Oh, hello. Hi. Thank you for being here.
2: So I yeah I I changed my name when I got married to Axelrod Welk, and on our podcast we've had a lot of readers very confused um, because they think I'm saying and welcome to eyewitness beauty. So Mm. it is it is just my husband's last name.
1: Uh, It's a welcoming last name and Welk. Welcome to the show. Um, Any
2: relation? No to
1: Lawrence Welk.
2: Yes, I wish. Oh, God, don't be off. There is a distant, there is a distant, let's just say we're not raking, you know, there's not, we weren't in the will. Um, okay. Unfortunately. Okay. Understood. But yeah. That is, that is a shame.
1: Well, there's so much to get into, um, but before we do, I would love to just start, start at the beginning, start where you start, and I want you to walk me through your morning routine, the skincare every step, every product. Okay. Every moment.
2: So, I was actually just um, interviewing this guy who was talking about giving up during quarantine and if you sort of think <laughs> like the way that I've described the sort of de-evolution of my skincare routine, ha- you know, would lead some to believe that I have become incredibly clinically depressed, you know, because it's like why do it if no one's going to see it kind of thing. Right. Um so that's like the asterisk is that, you know, I, it's gotten really, really low key. I think I, when I was at my peak, I was probably living in New York and had like a 10 step routine and my, fi- like I, my skin was amazing. I was using this, there was a brand that I think still exists called some Institute, S-O-M-M-E. Mm-hmm. And it, was started by a clinical researcher, a skincare researcher, who had been doing all these studies on all the fancy skincare brands and decided that he had a better idea of how to, you know, create a system. So it starts with a face wash and then these exfoliating pads and then a moisturizer and then an SPF. And you do it morning and night. And for six months, I religiously did it morning and night. And my skin was, like, unbelievable, unbelievable. Like people would like come up to me. I mean, friends only, but and say like, "What are you wearing? Foundation? Like your skin is so even and kind of like glowing." Um, And it was just this brand called the Somme Institute. I think you know, and he has like a patented something something something. It's actually not that expensive, and it it does still exist. So if you know my the asterisk I have to that is that after like six months and I think it was more because I was adding so many different products to my routine to try it out, to be able to talk about it, um, that my skin, I sensitized my skin and it kind of just freaked out. And then all of a sudden I couldn't use these like harsh exfoliating things. So that was like, that was probably my peak and I was 28 and now I'm 37. And what do I do? I mean, I, I, showering is a struggle and I know like I started you know I I co-founded a brand with body wash as like a launch product but you know showering is a struggle explain (laughs) it's I don't love getting wet and I have long curly hair and it's like taking off your clothes Putting on your cl- yeah, I don't know. It's it's become something. It's maybe it's like a mind block that I have, but I I want to say like, showering like three to four times a week is pretty good. For, and it's also like, where am I going? Sure, right. Who is it right? for? Like, Again, who is, who is, is it for? for? Yeah, who who and am I doing uh, this for? There's a
1: new baby in your household.
2: There's a new baby. I'd like to say that the two things are related, but um, if anything, like I'm showering more because I have someone to shower for. Um, yeah, we had my husband and I had a baby a month and a month ago um which has no effect on my skincare routine Mm. we're still probably still don't know what it is (laughs) yeah okay sorry so back we'll put a pin in the baby um so my skincare routine at this point is the necessary body wash which you were just holding up is insane and i can say that because i was my co-founder was the one who developed the actual product. So I, you know, I, it wasn't me. Um, but it's, it has this like crazy texture that's kind of like honey, like, and it's a little like bouncy. Um, and it just makes the act of using a body wash a little nicer. I think what we wanted to do is like, and this sounds like PR spin, but it's, it's true is like, you know, uh, like the feeling of luxury is like sometimes like the weight, like Le Mer, which like uh, three quarters of La Mer is the jar it's just like it's this heavy glass jar that like feels really nice to open and close and the idea that like you could create body wash which is such a like nothing you know has been historically like such a nothing product and then like make a cool cap and like make it drip in a certain way and like kind of just make a make the bottle a little soft to the touch like those things would just like make the experience a little bit nicer so i do i use that every time i'm in the shower i'll put it that way and then from like a skincare perspective i'm always trying i'm trying new things out so right now and I like a routine. I like a system. I think mm-hmm. because like I'm not a very organized person, so anything that tells me like you do step one and step two, like I I really That's want to buy you. in. Uh, yeah, and it's just like I buy. I, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. If you're like, don't do it. You know, don't do it in reverse. Like you have to do it this thing first. So right now the routine. Um, that I'm into the system is called it's by a brand called You Beauty so Mm -hmm. they have this like serum which is like a resurfacing serum um, and then you follow that with their like hydrating complex which is moisturizer Um, and I'm really into these because I don't know like maybe it's all the not showering but like my skin has been getting rough and dehydrated during this whole quarantine and this The resurfacing, like the combination of like a really good hydration, you know, to finish it off with this resurfacing serum, has actually really helped.
1: Yeah, you know, it's I I kind of went the opposite direction in quarantine and started using it as an excuse to like buy. There were just Sephora and Dermstore packages coming constantly. No, I'm talking only about like you're not one of those guys.
2: It was like I took the opportunity to really like. You know, dial it in with my with my meals and stuff. No, No? I don't know a single person who did that.
1: Um, (laughs) No, I I use it as as an excuse to um, buy a lot of expensive skincare products. And on your podcast, Paula of Paula's Choice,
2: yeah, the uh, goddess,
1: vehemently uh, is is opposed to expensive skincare product she, yeah. was, she, she was like you know i know what the cost of all these formulations are like there's no reason for and i gotta say i needed to hear it and i started you to were you were buying
2: you were buying fancy stuff yes yeah okay, i mean so, like the thing that that first broke me was that la Mer is made in long island
1: yeah i mean that's devastating and also just isn't stuff in a jar not not what you want oh yeah well if you you're following
2: like the the gospel of paula anything that you dip your fingers or your hands into has to have well number one like any active ingredients would immediately start to deactivate because of the constant exposure to the elements and the air and number two they have to have more preservatives in them because you're constantly introducing bacteria Into the product. So, like, you're just, they, they, anything that comes in, like an airless pump or anything like that, is just gonna buy the vehicle it's delivered in, not have, not have nearly as much, many preservatives. But yeah, okay, so hold on. Will you tell me, so what were you, what were you on?
1: Let me throw some, throw some stuff at you and you tell me if, if you are allowed to give me your honest opinion of these. Okay. I would say the all time favorite is, um, Dr. Nygma's serum number one. Who? Dr. Nigma is a, like a, <laughs> this was something I discovered. It's uh, Shani Darden is a big proponent of it. Yeah, yeah. And Molly Sims. And I've just fallen down a lot of their rabbit holes and uh, and, and chased after them. And it's, it's basically just a hyaluronic acid serum. But it's the most enjoyable one I have ever used but it really Dr. costs Dr. Nigma,
2: penny. Nigma yeah. Talib skincare. Okay, he's a naturopathic doctor. Yeah. And this did. is but well, this was a Molly Sims recommendation? I, I think
1: so. I yes, I believe that she credited uh her, some of her doing this to this serum. Um anyway, so that was one. Yeah. The other one, I'm sure you're familiar with the skin the different vitamins. Dave, I'm so the sorry C- if C- you were Furo- no, like, no, no, no. what the fuck is happening? <laughs> no, I'm going to just
0: chime in with Jergens at some point. All uh, I want to going. talk
1: about, I promise we will move off this, but yeah. Yeah, and the Floritin. And what are your thoughts on those?
2: Um, it works for a lot of people. Like some people swear by it. Um, I like a powdered vitamin C serum. Because, uh, sorry, a powdered vitamin C because. Mm-hmm. I guess again, according to our Lord Paula Begoon, um, anything vitamin C can't like the minute it hits water, it starts to oxidize or like, you know, hits air, it starts to oxidize. So the only way to really get the efficacy of actual vitamin C on your skin is to use a powder, add it to your moisturizer, add it to a serum and then apply that. So there's one that's by this company called the new company and, U E, mm-hmm. That is like you shake a few shakes of this vitamin C serum. You can add or uh, powder. You can add it to anything um, like your moisturizer or your hyaluronic acid serum would be perfect to add that. this to. And then you like add it. You plump it on. And actually, um, you know, Amanda Chantal Bacon. Mm-mm. She's the founder of Moon Juice, who was like oh, famously yeah, lampooned in that video mm-hmm. um, where she like describes her like routine. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah crazy um but she was telling us i was asking like you know she has a line of products at sephora they're all natural no you know as as close to like organic as they can get and i was like what i don't even think we were recording i was like what do you make that actually like really that you notice a difference like you do this you use this thing and like your face looks different and she said it was she has like a hyaluronic acid serum called like the plumping jelly Mm -hmm. and you add a few shakes of a vitamin c powder and you like put it on your face, like slather all over like a mask. And within five seconds, um, your skin drinks it up. This is, oh, sorry. Your face is supposed to be wet. Okay, right. Like, yeah. so like dripping wet. Oh, oh, dripping you, wet. Yeah, okay. Dripping wet. You slather your face with this pumping jelly mixed with a little bit of vitamin C powder. Five seconds later, your skin drinks it up. And like, she actually like said that she, you know, her skin just looks less dry, looks plumper, looks like more refreshed. And I so, tried it, and it is pretty amazing.
1: There's really no reason that the skin the SkinCeuticals, the vitamin C uh, things need to cost $166.
2: <sighs> right? No. No, I mean, no. But I will say this, that do you know the brand The Ordinary? Yep. So they, I like wanted, I, I really, really wanted to love that brand because it's cheap and you can get hyaluronic acid or you know, any BHA, yeah. a, you know, they, you can like buy, you can be a chemist, right. With, and it's like $5 for a, like a big thing of the serum. And then you try that hyaluronic acid and it's like sticky and it doesn't absorb really well with, and you compare it to like our friend, Dr. enigma And it's like a completely different product. Like it, yeah. it glides nicer, it absorbs in. So like there obviously is something like to yeah. the, the, the price of of the product,
1: but only but to a certain extent. Yes, I think her her
2: point town. was like anything over hundred dollars, like is real. You're not you can get you can find a good thing under hundred dollars. Now this is not skin, but what are your feelings on pros? I my husband uses it. Okay, what is um, pros? I it's like a it, mail. Yeah, you go ahead.
0: Well, yeah, uh, you would. It's it's a mail order hair. It was, product you take, you take like a and survey you take and it, a survey yeah yeah and uh yeah i got it off of instagram and and the one thing that i know I, i've been using it for a month and the the one thing i'm certain of is that it is very very expensive but i don't know if it's actually doing anything or or whether it just makes me feel good to use a product that has my name on it you dave know?
1: has iconic hair that he's hiding I, underneath a hat foolishly it's right a now. disaster right now
2: uh, no. I want I mean I'll show you mine if you show okay. me yours. All right, all right. This, it's just oh, too, there's a hair too...
1: reveal. Wow. Oh wow. Look yeah. at those locks.
0: Okay. Yeah, see I'm growing oh, it out okay. because you know, because there's a global pandemic. So I like it. Um, and I and I just so I'm like trying to find products that will make it look like it looks the second I get out of the shower all yeah. day. Yeah. Um,
2: but so far pros is not it. It's good but yeah. it's also no, it's I, so goddamn expensive. I think I f- I feel you on that on that hair journey. Like uh-huh. I have been on a hair journey my entire life. Same. My dad has always has been on a hair journey too, so I think I inherited it. Um but like I've always looking for that thing that's going to make my you know Jewish frizzy curls like smooth and ideally like Disney prince like right. Um and you know when I was younger, I would use all the like straightening like serums that Try you could buy them. at the drugstore mm-hmm. and they don't fucking do a thing. No. Um, and so now I've kind of had to like lean into the fact that like, this is who I am. But I did, but the moment where I was using that crazy exfoliating system in New York, I also, uh, because I, I was running into the gloss, which was a beauty website, I I was getting free keratin treatments, like Brazilian, oh. you know, like the ones with formaldehyde that like you have to keep the windows open and they're not exactly street legal. Um, I was getting <laughs> those regularly and it, it, my hair f- was finally like the Disney prints. Wow. You know, like how long are we talking? This long, so it lasted all of like six weeks of like real beauty, like beauteous hair, sure. and then otherwise, it was like probably you know shortening my uh, life. Yeah, I've been thinking about doing one of those.
0: I'm willing no, to take the I risk. Mean, the answer is,
2: don't you dare? But the no. answer is like those things. Like you, I feel like the answer is you have to just embrace what you have right okay
1: and both of you with your the these thick locks it's like you have thick hair privilege and you need to wield it responsibly for those of us that have like thin wisps that we're holding on to you know for dear life Stop this stop just be grateful for what you have Okay. okay uh i i have about 10 more beauty questions for you but we'll come back to it um i want to talk about you Well, how, what was, what role did, what was your relationship to all things beauty when you were a kid?
2: So I was, I was born in New York city and like a, you know, super gay theater kid, even though like there wasn't, I didn't know the, I didn't have the words for it at the time. Um, but like incredibly flamboyant and my parents moved to the middle of nowhere in upstate New York when I was seven. And, um, I went from like being normal, you know, to being the only one. Mm. And it was, you know, like, it was super traumatic. I mean, we're talking like the middle of nowhere, cows, barns. Um, have you ever seen baby boom with Diane Keaton? Of course. She's like lawyer who moves up, you know, lawyer in the city moves out to like a cabin in the woods without heat. Um, Mm. it was kind of those vibes And so I was just, like, ostracized immediately and made fun of mercilessly uh, and and with, with abandon for, like, the longest time. So I think in my early, my earliest experience with, like, beauty was, like, kind of, like, wanting to fit in but also, in retrospect, looking so gay when I was doing it. You know, like, I was, like, really into gel. And one summer I decided... That I wanted to bleach So I had a bowl cut And I wanted to bleach the bowl And then leave the bottom dark Oh Like like uh, Terry Nunn from Berlin (laughs) Yeah I I did I made a deal with my mom That I could do it the day after school um, Let out Which was probably You know like protective on her part Um, And so I went to camp with that hairstyle But I was like My hair was sort of the thing I could change up, but otherwise I just, like, desperately tried to fit in. I, like, made my dad take me to Abercrombie one, you know, year before, like, for back-to-school shopping just to see if I could, like, wear the clothes and, you know, absorb the (laughs) raw masculinity, but I couldn't. Um, And then one time when I was a little kid, my only other beauty memory is that, I think it was around Halloween, I took an entire jar of Vaseline and put it in my hair and if you've ever done that, you would know that it's incredibly hard to get, you know, like there's not many Mm. things that cut Vaseline. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, And so, well, no, my mom had to call the number on the back of the, you know how there's like a questions, concerns, like call number. And you're like, who would ever call the back of a Vaseline? Oh, you had a concern. Yeah. We had a concern. And so she had to like walk her through how to figure out how to get it out. Now, what was the purpose? Because this is a thing that I would have done. (sighs) I, I don't remember, but I think it was like a, about, you know, dressing up like some sort of like a character, you know, that I wanted. Uh, I think slick and sleek, and maybe like a vampire. I don't know. I mean, it was not anything. It was, it was not. It anything, was about a look. Yeah, it was about a look. Wow. And I always, and I just so I would like dye my hair. I like, you know, would experiment with that stuff. Um, but I tried to keep it pretty low key until. I came out of the closet, at which point I was like, I want to be a fashion designer. Like I want to just like experiment with everything. And it turned out that I didn't want to be a fashion designer. I just like for the first time could experiment with style without being afraid that I was going to be found out um, any more so than I already was being, you know, whispered about. Um, and so that was sort of, that's why I kind of started in the fashion industry. And then from fashion sh- switch to beauty, which was, I just found more, interesting as a guy because fashion is dominated by women's fashion. So I'd find myself writing about women's clothes. And I was like, I do not care about women's clothes. Why am I writing about it? And so with beauty, at least I can, you know, take part.
1: Yeah. I'm interested in the evolution from, you know, beauty editor to, to business owner. I mean, how did you, so after all of your experience, when you decided to, launch necessaire what was important to you
2: so i started out in magazines when magazines still existed i actually worked at a newspaper women's wear daily which came out every single day and everyone in the fashion and beauty worlds would get it on their desk um not to date myself but like physical newsprint um and if you would like make a mistake or fuck up my the managing editor would say like well it'll be tomorrow's like hamster you know cage in, you know, the litter. Um, so don't worry about it because there was like, I guess also no internet. Um, but the the, the, like idea of coming from, you know, the world of media when 2008 happened and media all of a sudden was not really a viable career. Um, and, and everything was going online, you know, seemed really exciting to me. My friend had started, um, a blog called into the gloss, Emily Weiss, who's now like a Titan, um and i said why don't i quit my job and come we'll go to your apartment and we'll you know make this really big and we can do all these things that we've talked about doing together and she was like cool and so that was kind of the last time i had you know corporate health insurance and we went to her apartment and for 2 years we built we built up into the gloss we raised money for glossier um and it was in 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 really in like doing that part of Editorial, which digital and now digital is podcast, it's Instagram, it's all these things. But at that point, it was like blogs really put you in close contact with the people who are actually reading and absorbing the shit that you're talking about. Versus magazines, which come out three months later, so you have no idea whether people are reading it and responding to it, and like all the editors' letters are fake. Um, So I found like, okay, like the real interest, like the meat of what's going on in beauty is happening in the comments section. And what people want is right there for us to like discover in the comments, like they're, they're talking and the people that we're interviewing are telling us basically what they want, that what they wish existed. And that I think was sort of like the organic way that I kind of started to think about like, you know, running a business and having a brand. I will say, like, the actual running <laughs> the running a business part is not something that I have any experience in. And so that, I think, was the biggest um, hurdle was, like, kind of understanding managing people, which, you know, I didn't know how to do and is one of the hardest, in my experience, like, one of the hardest things to do. And I'm definitely not the finance guy or even, like, the close-to-finance guy. But from a creative standpoint, I always did feel like I... If you stay close to the comments section, like you'll stay close to what the consu- like what consumers want, what you want, what people will think is interesting or cool, and so with necessary to answer your question. I just felt like there wasn't this idea of like, you know, if you go into like the the body wash aisle at a grocery store or at a drugstore, there's like you know shower you know like wrap yourself in the cashmere blanket of butterflies and sparkles with suave or whatever right and then there's you literally look at the copy on an old spice body wash and it's like slap it on and fling it off like (laughs) you and you know what i mean like and you'll get so much pussy and and like that i was like there has to be a brand that can speak somewhere in between the the two extremes and like i just think it's such an outdated way of talking to men or women. And so the idea that my partner and I came up with was sort of a, a unisex brand that just was, if for anyone who wanted something that looked cool and shampoo and conditioner or rather body wash and body lotion, um, are actually big you know you buy them they're bigger than like a face cream which is like this size like you know it's physically takes up a lot of real estate in your shower so it was kind of like we thought of it okay this is kind of furniture for your bathroom that's always there so why not make it look cool why have it look cheesy so that was i i I always come to it from like the you know what i use this what do i want what Mm -hmm. like what sort of weird things do i see happening in the drugstore
1: And I know it's a it's a young brand, right? Uh,
2: Two years, a little over two years. We launched in um, November 2018.
1: Yeah, and it it really came on my radar during pandemic. Like I said, when I was just sort of overindulging in all things, and it was always the top recommendation everywhere I went. And now we are, of course, hooked on it. But now. Also, it's I'm seeing Kim K and Gwyneth Paltrow, and that was crazy. We've reached a whole other level. So, was there a, a turning point for you where you were like, "Oh, I think this might stick around for a while"?
2: I'm trying to think if there was like one moment. I mean, like that's what I do is kind of just all I care about is culture and like the zeitgeist, and and I follow it and I consume it, and so just always fi- always thinking like who do I need to get this product in the hands of and it's like a it's a wide it's a long list and a really like far wide-ranging list of people um, because I thought like if you can get this bizarre constellation of people talking, and trying this thing i mean number one the product kind of speaks for itself so once you like the the challenge is getting the person the kim kardashian or whoever to like try it and once they try it I, i'm pretty sure they're gonna like it so just really being strategic about like you know it's high low it's east west it's like all the different sort of like ways you think you can make something cool so it's like these cool like club kids in New York who I know, but it's also supermodels and it's, you know, sports people or comedians on TikTok that I thought were cool. Like it's, it's, it was, I always like kind of wanted a little bit of like variety, which I think was the way that it, I, it was like kind of became, uh, ubiquitous on the, on, on Instagram. Right.
0: So how do you get then a Kim Kardashian who has sent everything in the world?
2: Well, I, 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 am not full time. I'm just an advisor for necessary for Mm -hmm. since the pandemic started actually. So I can unfortunately take no direct responsibility for that. Um, It's, it's all, I mean, like, here's my, well, should I give my, I'll give my, my big tip, which is um, sending DMS. And then if they don't read the DM, copying it, unsending it and sending it again, like once a week. And copy other and
1: unsending. Didn't yeah, could do you can
2: that. unsend a DM. Yeah,
1: great, great. But tip. so
2: this was like my my old when I was like trying to get a job in media. It was always like emailing once a week to follow up because it, at one point, at some point, they're going to just like respond just to get rid of you, and maybe at that point they'll look at your resume and want to talk. But so it's been a lot about DMing and and never underestimate the power of a free of of something that's free, right? I'm just like. Oh, just can I can I send you free things? And they're free things that everyone uses, which is a good thing. It's like body wash and body lotion. They're so inoffensive, no one's going to say no.
1: How so could like they?
2: that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: matt after taking a brief hiatus from outdoor activities and workout routines it is time to get back to the grind with new spring essentials from mac weldon they got body mapping technology they have fabric mesh zones matt mac weldon's stealth boxer briefs deliver enhanced breathability and support and for sweatpants you can wear outside without feeling like you're wearing sweatpants check out Mac Weldon's new waistline.
1: I'm just realizing we should have called this podcast Fabric Mesh Zones instead of Homophilia. It's never too late. That's how much we love all things uh, Mac Weldon. Mm-hmm. Dave Holmes famously in an inappropriate relationship with his ace sweatpants, as we mm-hmm. all know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. B- but it's everything from socks to shirts to hoodies to underwear, polos, active shorts. The underwear that I'm wearing right now. Uh, Mac Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit from working out to going out to going to work going on a date is for everyday life and with weldon blue mac weldon's totally free loyalty program you will get free shipping for life life, mm-hmm. life
0: life mac weldon wants you to be comfortable so if you don't like your first pair of underwear you can keep them they will refund you they will not ask you one single question about it None. For 20% off your first order, go to MacWeldon.com slash homophilia and enter promo code homophilia. MacWeldon.com
1: slash homophilia, promo code homophilia for 20% off. Macweldon Babies. Reinventing men's basics. Dave. Yes. If you're having trouble meeting your goals, mm-hmm. uh, difficulty in relationships. Interesting. Uh, trouble sleeping. Maybe. Uh, feeling stressed, feeling depressed. hmm hmm uh, Uh, Maybe all of the above, uh, which is the case for so many of us. BetterHelp is available. BetterHelp offers secure online professional counselors who can listen and help. We are on record many, many times over
0: saying that everybody can benefit from therapy. It just doesn't matter. You think you're healthy? Great. You can always be a little bit better, especially at a time like this. It is important to get your feelings out uh, to somebody who is listening actively and can help. Therapy is super, super, super important. And with BetterHelp, it is simple. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs. BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Then you start communicating in under 48 hours. You log into your account anytime, send unlimited messages to your counselor. You can do video, you can do phone sessions. Everything you share is confidential.
1: Yes, because even though we have very therapeutic and healing conversations every week mm-hmm. on the show, mm-hmm. I hate to break it to you, Dave Holmes and I are not not licensed therapists we are not the counselors at betterhelp are it's easy and it's free to change counselors if needed uh, it's a more affordable option than traditional offline counseling financial aids available so many people have been using betterhelp they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states and homophilia is sponsored by betterhelp so our listeners get 10% off their first month of online therapy when they visit betterhelp.com/homo so do it. Visit betterhelp.com slash H-O-M-O.
0: Join the over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced BetterHelp professional. Do it.
1: Okay, so I, I derailed this at the very beginning with the beauty talk when we should have started – by simply asking you what you've been watching, consuming, yeah. what's been getting you through the pandemic?
2: So, I mean, I think we were talking about this before we started recording, but I have like extreme ADD or ADHD, um, successfully managed with, uh, you know, class one uh, substances. Sure. Um, so like watching and consuming in general is like a, is a tough thing. So, a lot of Bravo um, because you can, you know, be on your phone and watch and you're not really missing anything, even if you're missing something because we Mm -hmm. all know, you know, the stories. Um, And then there's been a few like bright lights for me and that bright light for me is like, I can actually follow the series through it's, you know, it's conclusion. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, did you watch murder on middle beach? Loved it. Nope. And he was hot too, which helped. Well, He's it's just gone uh, on the he, list.
1: I, I was uh I felt very attached to him and yeah. speaking of DMs, I DM him when it was over just like an emotion like the credits are rolling, I'm crying. I'm like I'm so I'm you know, I'm rooting for you and uh, your mother would be so proud. It was just so inappropriate. He, did, did he write get back? A
2: response. No. Unsend it, you, like, re- you copy and it, you unsend <laughs> it and then you resend it. You Don't make you him dare give that. Up. Yeah.
1: I gotta figure something free I can send him. I don't know what it.
2: Yeah, be. yeah. Um, unorthodox. I was obsessed yeah. with the the story of like le- the girl who leaves the ultra orthodox community in New York, and I became really into. I obsessed with um, the husband who's gay. The guy who plays her husband. Oh. His oh, name oh. is Amit Rahav. He's gay and he has a really hot boyfriend. They live in Israel, and I follow them on Instagram, and they seem to be having a great time. Um, And then anything related to Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah. And I, like, thought maybe we, like, we could unpack that, because I don't really know, like, why... I, like, love... I know it's bad. I, like, love anything about, like, anything about the story, like, podcast, a miniseries. A, a, I could just listen to... I could listen to someone read, you know, the trans, the court transcripts.
1: So how do you, uh, what, what is your theory?
2: I mean, there's, <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a despicable, vile criminal, but there's so many, of course. there's so many things like, did you, have you seen the video of him when he's talking about uh, <laughs> where like the prosecutor's deposing him and saying like, is it true you have like an egg shaped dick? Egg shaped? No. Like, where and. and And he like rolls his eyes and he's like that it's been described as skinny at the bottom, (laughs) you know, becoming bigger in the middle and then skinny again at top like an egg. And he like is like this interview, like this is over. And he like walks out. You can find it on YouTube. So he apparently has an. So this is a guy with an egg shaped dick. Egg shaped. um, Who's kind of hot, you know, to me. Hmm. And doing these horrible things. And on right before he you know, quote-unquote commit suicide, he transfers, like, all of his... He essentially transfer moves all of his money to the Caribbean knowing, theoretically, that he's going to kill himself the next day. And the only reason that he would do that is so that his victims wouldn't be able to access his money for many, many, many years. And that's, like, a level of diabolical strategy that, like, I find fascinating.
1: Well, that's what I meant, is what is your theory uh, about his demise?
2: I mean, I... Have you ever seen that Manhattan correctional facility on Atlantic <laughs> no. avenue? No if there's a place that would make you want no. to end it all it is it is that place Ew. um but at the same- like at the same time, I guess the the facts are very sketchy about how like the guard was off duty and the other guy hadn't come and one was asleep and whatever like you know whether it was you know some like foreign assassin who had come to like Save, you know what's his name's? Who's the the pedophile in the royal family?
1: Uh, A- Andrew. Andrew.
2: Like someone who was like saving Andrew's ass, or whether it was like the guard. You know, someone paid the guard to slip him. You know, the belt or whatever he did it with, the shoelace. I guess I don't know. Um, but now, like the Ghislaine Maxwell stuff is like picking up right where Jeffrey left off in terms of my interest, and the fact that they are so un. But, well, he was, and she, it continues to be so unwilling to admit, her life is over.
1: Oh, absolutely. She's spending
2: the rest of her life in jail, like, regardless of what she says at this point. And the fact that they won't give, not only financial compensation to these victims, but even the acknowledgement or the, you know, admitting any wrongdoing is, like, to me, very fascinating.
1: What? It's insane. Diabolical is the word. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Um I want to talk about ADHD for a moment. At what point yeah. were you uh diagnosed? So, I went to boarding school and there was a psychiatrist who like saw all the kids in my boarding school who my parents affectionately nicknamed Dr. Pill. Uh-huh. I think his last name had like a P in it. Um but so I was like maybe 15 and I went from, like, a very lovey-dovey, call-your-teachers-by-their-first-name kind of middle school to a really rigorous, uh, high-stakes boarding school and kind of crumbled under the pressure and had trouble focusing, et cetera, and went to this psychiatrist who first prescribed me Ritalin. And that, I was, like, literally 15, and I've been on something ever since, yeah. which sounds bad. Um However, I did get – I, like, did – a lot of people, you know, get prescribed it without having, like, the full diagnostic testing for ADHD. I actually ended up, when I was 18, getting all that testing, and I did have ADHD. Um, And the drugs really helped me, but I'm also, you know, entirely addicted to them. Um, But my friends – not even my psychiatrist – my friend's psychiatrist told – her something who and she told me this, which made me feel a lot better. That was like you know, if you were stranded on a desert island, like wouldn't you need to bring your heart medication? Yeah, if you had a heart True. problem. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like the same thing with Adderall. Yeah. Um. So yeah. now, now I take Vyvanse, which Ooh, I'm okay. loving. Really. Um. It was created. Um. For people, I, I guess it was created. Bec- uh, in response to like people abusing Adderall. So like snorting it and, right. uh, you know, I guess you just snort it. Um, and so Vivance is absorbed into your stomach, at, you know, it's absorbed by your stomach versus into oh, your right. bloodstream or before it goes into your bloodstream. So you can't snort it. You can't really abuse it. But the reason I like it is it just um, it works all day. And I've, I've taken I like I feel very conflicted about a d h d and Adderall because i'm thirty seven like you kind of feels like something you should grow out of um and then you also like i'm I'm an anxious neurotic Jew and I'm like, is this taking years off my life um my heart's beating faster than everyone mm-hmm. else's and so like and you only your heart only has so many beats in it you know until it stops right so I just like am i like using all the heartbeats
1: <laughs> I think you're, okay. did I make this up that you <laughs> did you, uh, did you say on your podcast that you will periodically go off the meds to sort of reset
2: when i left into the gloss it was like a pretty traumatic ending and i decided to take that opportunity of like doing nothing to dry out so to speak and i didn't take any adderall for two years and it was the first time in 15 years that i had not taken adderall and it took me a few weeks to like Adjust, But after that point, you know, I was fine. I also like wasn't having to focus on anything. So there was not really I wasn't putting it, you know, putting my ADHD to the test. Um, and it felt good. It was more of like a bad I wore it like a badge of honor, you know, because I had sort of been on it for so long and it has such a bad reputation. And then when I started working on another business, I just called up Dr. P um you gotta and got a bottle Doctor pill yeah. to the rescue. Yeah,
0: I uh, went on Adderall in the last 6 months and it has made oh my a God. world of difference. But you've uh,
2: accomplished so much without Adderall.
0: Barely. But like it's all <laughs> such how do a you struggle. Without, that it should how, be? how
2: have you ever written a word without Adderall if you I, if
0: it, pushing deadlines and you know yeah. uh it's very good when you have signed a contract and you will be in breach of it if you don't do the work. That Fear, helps. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I mean, getting a book done was was murder. It was terrible. Yeah, it, it has was, to have been. It, it, yeah. Um, but now, and and during that I was like, eh, I should probably get all those tests for ADHD. And I did. And it was like, yep. And and then I didn't do anything about it. And then lockdown made it unavoidable. Like, yeah. I couldn't fill my day with errands and meetings. It was just like I'm stuck here. And I couldn't fucking get anything done. And so, yeah, so now I'm on it. And it truly makes It really makes a subtle but
2: undeniable difference. And do you feel that the words that you're writing or like the content that you're producing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which still feels funny to say, um, that it's good stuff? It's good. Or like some people say like, oh, I took Adderall once and then I like looked at what I wrote and it was like, you know, horrible. And, you know, I was like talking about nothing. Right, but I never no, had that experience.
0: I've never had that experience. No, um, I, I will say getting the dosage right has been a challenge. I, I went kind of up and up, and then I I got I took a dosage at which I fully lost time. Like I sit, I sat down to write something, and then it was night. That's when you know wow. it's
2: the right dose. Well,
0: I, five milligrams less than that is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I doing Yeah, mean, sometimes
2: um, you gotta like you gotta walk right up to the edge and then take a few steps back. That's yeah. exactly right. That's your that's right. Exactly that's your sweet right. spot.
1: Yeah, and how does it affect I mean, sleep?
2: Yeah. How does it affect your sleep? For me, it really doesn't. Will you take it? How early in the day do you take uh, it? Right when
0: I wake up and then sometimes a little booster in the early afternoon.
2: Yeah, that's like me. And it doesn't affect – if you're like a very light sleeper or particularly sensitive to medications, it, it can. Yeah. I mean there was a moment – in like my 20s where I was on like an upper, you know, something, to, it was like Judy Garland. Like yeah. it was like, you know, something to like wake me up in the morning, something to, something to put me to bed and then something to like even me out. And that cycle felt really unhealthy. So I like got off the nighttime, I got off the, the downer and the, the out, the evening out medication. Um, and then now just to just, I've, I've doubled down on uppers.
1: Great. and sleep is probably an issue anyway because there's a baby in your house let's yeah. take the pen out of the baby
2: <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean it's it was it's it's still surreal I mean it's been five weeks um and you know to have had this all happen during quarantine you know my husband and i had been talking about having a family he is one of seven so he grew up with lots you know he changed diapers from when he was you know, six years old, uh, to help his parents. And I was an only child until I was nine. And then, uh, my parents had my brother and I went to boarding school at 15. So anyway, I just kind of like missed his, I was too young to, I, I didn't help. And then he grew up and I was out of the house. But so I had never really experienced an infant or a baby and didn't really think that it was something I wanted until probably after I left, Into the gloss and started Necessaire, and was like, I feel like the meaning of life is like having a family and, like, you know, like sort of having the it's like what you go home to versus like the thing you're in the office for. And, you know, that is when I felt very strongly that I wanted to get married, which was also something I wasn't sure I wanted. And also, really strongly, that I wanted kids because. It, do, it grounds you in a funny way. And someone who's like super ADHD and all over the place, like it makes you kind of come back to something. And like seeing, you know, we all have like, I would imagine like that uh, existential dread. Like, what are we doing here? Like, what is life? Like, we're all going to die. It's all in, happening in an instant. And then I was, uh, our surrogate allowed us to be in the delivery room. Uh, when our daughter Evie was born, and watched the entire thing, and it was it was so amazing. Not because I was like immediately in love and like you know whatever, um, but more just so that like you actually realize like this is the this is how we all got here. Like this is the meaning of life. Like this is literally like there's a baby inside that then comes out and becomes a life, and then you nurture it and grow it, and it becomes a adult, and then. Has you know, like this is sort of the like everyone I, I I like was telling my husband like everyone should have to see it, and it's so not gross. It's it's just like such a interesting way to f- understand like what the point is because I think I've like always um, been so hard on myself and so driven to like start a brand and to raise money and to do all these things, and then I kind of realized like it's not really like the there, there of life. Like the, the more people you have at home, when when you go home, the more like rich and like fun life is for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, And I love the name Evie, by the way, where, how did you choose that?
2: My I was really close to my grandmother whose name was Evelyn. She was actually, um, funnily enough, like when I was little, My parents will not listen to this podcast, so it doesn't matter. But I was like four or five years old, I think, and my parents took me to a psychiatrist for, like, because I was exhibiting feminine behavior. And my parents are like loving, really loving, very liberal, um, you know, people, very open minded people from New York. Uh, They were also first time parents it was also 1983 you know the early 80s and everyone that was gay that they knew was dying they lived on Christopher and Bleecker so like literally at the epicenter of aids and i'm sort of this is what i've come to sort of understand of the context of it all but essentially i was like in conversion therapy from like you know like the fancy jewish <laughs> you know version of conversion therapy for for several years And so I think, you know, not only was my grandma Evelyn like the person who really like allowed me in a funny way to be myself, like she would buy me My Little Ponies and, you know, the books that I wanted and the toys that I wanted. And she was really glamorous. So I think I just like loved that she like wore makeup and heels and just was like, like this sort of like had this iconic look about her. Um, But she also like really, because she probably didn't have skin in the game, like because, I think she was hard on my mom but for me she would just like dote on me and let me do it all and I just like always was so close to her because she and now in retrospect I'm like because she saw me like she saw like who I was and that there was nothing wrong with me when I was even this little kid who like was being told three times a week that there was like and it wasn't like I was talking about being gay or something at five years old but it was more just like this idea that I was going to a doc. Yeah. And th- that I was going to a doctor three times a week for something. What would they like? What was the program or do you the pro- remember? Well, it was, so it was a, it was a psychiatrist, um, like, you know, Columbia or Cornell or whatever, New York hospital faculty, psychiatrist who had a practice with a children's like play therapist, and so the parents would see the psychiatrist, the Freudian analyst. Essentially, it was all based on Freud. And then the kid would see the play therapist. And I have like a few, you know, before I came out of the closet when I was twenty-one, this was like my deepest, darkest secret, right? Because it would be like the the sort of like thing that would that would give me all away. But my so I think I like probably destroyed a lot of the evidence. But I do have a few books that I made with the play therapist. And, um, there, it's really interesting because in, you know, 75% of the books are like, I went, you know, like I went on a trip to Boston and I went to Au Bon Pan and like, you know, I had a, I really liked it. Um, and then like 25% of the book is like, when my dad goes on business trips, I like to dress in girl clothes or it was like them trying to connect these dots of like when I felt abandoned by my dad I would like gravitate towards these feminine behaviors or perceived feminine behaviors so like there was this it was it was super fucked up um but my grandma always kind of like in a way she always sort of like saw through it I think with me um and so when we were having a baby um I was like, I really want, and she died, she was 93 when she died, so she was still, like, a very big part of my life through my 20s, um, so I, like, wanted to, like, I I also felt like, yeah, this is also kind of what life is about, is, like, keeping someone alive, like, you know, Evie still exists, she just, like, is in this baby form.
1: Uh, that's, that's my mom's name, by the way, it's one of my favorite names. Yeah, and... It's funny, I also was in therapy for exhibiting feminine behavior around the age of four, but maybe really? a couple sessions. You know, I well, I think that Where did it was you grow uh, up? Ohio, small town, Ohio, very rural town. No, I wish. Uh, <laughs> but my mom, but my Evelyn was also kind of saw through it and didn't, you know, I, th- I think went through the motions a couple times of like, Who yeah, took I you? guess. If it, I think. I think that my I think both parents took me, but I, I don't really remember it. Um, and I don't even know if my mom remembers that it happened because she remembers that it, it, it. You know, even just two days ago, she was like, oh, I found this picture of you in your Dorothy dress at your fifth birthday party. And I always just let you be whoever you wanted to be, you know, and it's, it's like she did. But there was a moment. But anyway, yeah. I say all that because years of doing this must have been something you had to really unpack later.
2: Yeah I think I like just stopped unpacking it like even during quarantine I think I got to the point where I had like talked talked about it and talked it out so much you know with through therapy that I was like, I, okay, I get it. You know, like <laughs> I've, I've raked my parents over the coals, but not really because I am really close to them and they're amazing and they made a mistake and they were young parents and it was the time and they were like, th- you know, and my dad also explained it in an interesting way that like before Prozac was created, like the most high tech, you know, treatment for any kind of, you know, perceived mental illness or psychiatric disorder was Analysis. So, like, they kind of thought, like, okay, like, our kid is, like, doing something that's not typical and, you know, let's find the best expert to deal with it. It just turned out that expert was, like, a horrible uh, conversion therapist who had an obituary in the New York Times that did not mention any of this. And so, like, I've always wanted to, like, do a podcast or, like, a This American Life story about, like, the fact that this woman was like a very prominent psychiatrist in the 80s and early 90s and like never had to wreck you know there was no reckoning
1: I, I, there, there should be but i by the and way I like love guess to read what? it didn't story. work
2: so she's not that good That's right
1: <laughs> That's the best part of the story Yeah. Uh, Jeez. Uh, I, I stopped,
2: know we have to let you go. this I is was, uh, like, this done. is
1: such a super sized episode but um it's just so so good talking to you but I, I we do have to ask how you met your husband
2: we met at a birthday party we both had boyfriends um, and oh. then we followed each other on Instagram and then we when we didn't have boyfriends it was sort of like hey like what are you doing want to hang out and that was like nine eight nine years ago I think oh. now we have and, a baby
1: and how long I until you got it. married
2: we uh, got married a year and a little bit ago. So right before COVID
1: and big wedding or what, what did you do?
2: We had a hundred people and it was, it was really fun. It was like one of the best days ever. We did it exactly the way that we wanted to do it. Um, And we, we, we like had been, you know, like we had rings that we had gotten when I moved to LA and he was staying in New York that were like, you know, Jonas brother promise rings Mm-hmm. Um, but so we like kind of had like that kind of commitment um, before that. But then, there, yeah, again, like I get really sappy. I'm like, I'm like the, I'm the worst except for like these funny life moments where I get very like woo woo, where I was like, you know, like we're entering into this, like we're this, you know, not the covenant necessarily, but just like the tradition that like cultures have done for so long. This like, you know, uniting of two people in front of friends and family, like felt very cool. Um, it's also funny like even f- like in terms of like my gay friends there's sort of like two I've I'm at the age where there's like kind of two paths that like everyone's either people are kind of going on this family this heteronormative I guess you know yeah. path of having a f- wedding and a family and that or they're going on like the very glamorous but totally different path of like having a fabulous house you know, in the Fire Island or you know the North Fork, and you know having a lot of sex. Can we just talk about one more thing before I, one more thing that I really wanted to talk about? Um, OnlyFans. Let's oh, get into it.
1: Yeah, please give us your thoughts. Do you
2: guys are like this has been a quarantine discovery for me. Yeah, same.
0: And probably how for much most are, How much are you spending? Um, <laughs> I, I've dialed it back. Um, yeah, all, yeah, I've two. I think I'm following maybe two or three people now. It was it was like wine clubs at the beginning. I was just like, I'll, I'll yeah. give give me them
1: all. Um, <laughs> yeah. but then that's not sustainable.
2: No, but I think hey, it, it adds up.
1: This is not a rabbit hole. I've you haven't down yet, no. really.
2: It makes porn look like a Steven Spielberg production. Like, yes, you know, it is the most like. It's so like it, I don't know how else would you describe it? Like it's like the angles and like the, everyone has a high def, you know, camera right in their hand, right yep. mm-hmm. in their pocket mm-hmm. and people have really learned how to use them. Yes, they have. Um, and certainly in quarantine, you know, people have had plenty of time and they've like also perfected how to give a good performance. I don't know. It's, it's like kind of blown my mind yeah. and it's like the only place that I go for porn now.
0: It feels a little voyeuristic. Yeah. Which I like. <laughs> like, yeah. But uh, they're in on it, so you don't have to feel bad. But it, sure. it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel like a production. It feels like, you know, sex YouTubers.
2: Yeah. But they're making, like, people are making a ton of money yes, on they it. Are. Yeah. And, like, becoming, like, <laughs> this one uh, guy that I think, I don't know if what they're called, like, performer, I guess, on OnlyFans. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen, I've, like, watched his journey... On his OnlyFans and also like then his real Instagram account, and it's like I just moved into a new apartment. Like it's very clear. It's like yeah, you did. <laughs> that yeah, exactly. I uh, love like, that
1: we were we ju- we had sort of like buttoned things up with this beautiful story about your wedding, and then it was like oh oh,
2: Coda, let's let's discuss. Yeah, let's wedding. get
0: into um, high end amateur porn. Well, yeah. m-
2: medium end amateur. porn. But this porn. is I mean, it's an interesting you know, tr thing that's gonna happen to the ind- like the porn industry is dead. Right. Obviously there was like X tube and all that sort of stuff, but now people are monitored. like people you know, again, everyone has a high def camera and like a friend especially in LA, like a friend who knows how to, you know, take a good video. Sure. Yeah. And the and porn industry is
1: evolving, I guess. The
2: porn industry Oof. is evolving.
0: And it's not um it's, it's all body and types and age groups and you know it's not strictly young hairless guys with the no. abs Shunko. or no. this stereotypical bear thing it's like there's a, a spectrum and
2: it's just kind of regular people uh, living their lives yeah it's like the, there's something you know, for everyone as my mom says like every pot has it's lid, right or something like that right yeah I like it I'm, I'm yeah me it. too And is that a a discussion
1: you'll have with your husband?
2: Yeah. I mean, like we, like we've been known to watch it together. Um, I mean like we just also like now that we're married and have a kid, like our, there's a bit, there's a lot more transparency in our finances. And, um, so like I think my spending is under a microscope in a way that it hadn't been. And, you know, as Dave alluded to, like it can add up. Yeah, sure. You know, because you can, you can spend, it can be other anywhere from like seven ninety nine a month to twenty dollars a month. And then if you want like and then they'll like DM you. There's like a DM function. Like so that your the performers that you're following will like send you like a special video um that you have to unlock for like and people, you know, you can charge whatever you want. So it's like fifty dollars for like a photo of like uh like a hot guy like after the shower or something I don't know. Anyway, I didn't buy that stuff. Um I've but now either. I've learned yeah, it's true. It's you can spend a lot of time and a lot of money. And a lot of money. Uh, any yeah. any names, any users jump out? Any hot recommendations? Do you know Raheem Shabazz? I don't. He is I he must be he must be the top performer, um the male, like gay male performer, but he is a great place to start because he is seemingly like, kind of like he'll introduce a lot of new performers and then kind of shout them out onto their, like it's a lot, it's a lot like it's Instagram for sex work really wow. where like you can shout out other performers or like do a scene with him and then he'll help promote you onto another, you know, onto your platform and then you can sort of take that audience and run with it. Yeah. well. Wow. So. Yeah.
1: Wow, wow, wow. Nick, thank you so much. This has been Thanks an education. Yes. Uh you're the best. Please, please do this again.
2: Um, I would be happy to if you have you guys have to come on eyewitness beauty and talk about beauty. Dave, I want to hear about Great. more about your hair journey and Matt, Great. your skincare journey. Yeah, let's Dream do that. Control. I we would love nothing more. Love it. Thank you so
1: much, Nick.